under siege, Red Ronnie's forces mercilessly batter the beautiful and elegant world of Earth by spreading collectivism and statism. Unable to defend themselves any longer, Commander Peter G. Klein from the planet Mises calls on the Philosopher and her band of rebels, the Voluntarists, for assistance. The Philosopher is a lover of wisdom and bulls of thought, just doing what she can to promote philosophy, self-knowledge, and voluntary human interaction. Hoping to save lives and prevent further destruction, Johnny Rocket and Rayleigh plan a daring ambush which could turn the tide in the fight for this crucial star system by joining forces with John Phillips Jr. Can the Philosopher spread the knowledge of voluntarism to successfully keep the collectivists at bay? Will Johnny and Rayleigh's plan work? Stay tuned to hear of the Philosopher on episode 40 of Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my real truth, Miss Ridley Lighthart. Bam! Hello. What a great day. I'm so excited for this day and this show. How are you doing, Johnny? I am very excited. I am ex- super excited. See, I'm starting to sound like you now. Like, I'm starting to be like, I'm excited about shit. What are you excited about? I am excited about my toothpaste. Oh, I love this. This sounds very just ridiculous. I know. It just sounds absolutely ridiculous. But I am excited about my toothpaste because I just I went to the store and I usually buy like Crest regular flavor toothpaste, right? Mm-hmm. I got the uh, char charcoal toothpaste so you get the charcoal put directly they have it in the toothpaste already you don't have to dip your toothpaste in it no like it's not like i go to my grill and scrub my you know toothbrush over the charcoal briskets or briquettes <laughs> no i don't so what i what i do is i've been doing this and then like within like a week i have a gleaming smile again like i look like i don't smoke don't drink coffee and don't do anything bad that's amazing it's activated charcoal for those listening that's the best stuff i totally recommend it did you also know everyone should just have have activated charcoal with them. They should just have it at their house because not only is it great for whitening teeth and brushing your teeth with, it's also really great if you get food poisoning. Oh, and it's also really good for your fridge. So if you have a, like if your fridge stinks, <laughs> like asshole, put charcoal in there and you'll be good to go. Yes. And uh, the philosopher is correct that fluoride free is very good stuff. And as you know, I work very hard not to drink fluoride or ingest it. Oh, I love it. If it doesn't have extra fluoride. Extra fluoride for you. Extra fluoride. It's a neurotoxin, John. It's bad for brain health, and there's proven <laughs> studies of where it came from. You don't even want to know. It, it will blow your mind. Okay, so here we go with our show. Too many of our colleges and universities have become cloistered hothouses of bias and intolerance, schools of closed-mindedness. Everywhere we look, these institutions are dominated by political correctness, the common theme of which is disdain and disapproval of the American traditions of individualism, free enterprise, and limited government. The damage from all of this goes far beyond wasting taxpayers' dollars and guaranteeing these academics their annual income. It means that the future of America is predominantly placed in their hands. The vast majority of young Young men and women pass through their educational processing and they mold how our sons and daughters see and think about politics, economics, history, moral philosophy, and social institutions. Today we're going to discuss education, voluntarism, parenting, and philosophy. 
Now, we're speaking with the philosopher. She is a lover of philosophy and fa. She is passionate about voluntarism, the maximization of consent, and the minimization of the initiation of violence. Because she believes the application of this philosophy to all human interactions will lead us to a long-lasting happiness, peace, and prosperity. She believes that changing minds and culture is the most effective way to advance liberty. Therefore, she focuses in on creating a variety of content from memes to infographics to videos, even music videos, aimed at conveying the value of philosophy, self-knowledge, voluntarism to as many people as possible. Okay, Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold fucking beer. Double fucking check. Thrusters are hot, Raylene. Are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with the philosopher! Welcome to the show. Wow, what a great intro. Hey girl, you're doing it. Bam, you're here. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Um, I am so entertained. I just want to like sit back and listen to the show, but but I'm like, oh wait, I'm on. You're on the show. You're <laughs> on the show. You're on the show. So I know that for like, you probably have like a real J-O-B, and which permits you, so you use the code name philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> So you use the code name, The Philosopher? So I'm pretty sure you want to keep your identity secret for a reason. Um... Is that a yes or no? No, I'm just kidding. You're you're right on. That's smart, though. I made that mistake, yeah. Yeah, we're actually really friendly with fake names. Like, we we did our very first episode of, of Blast Off. I mean, you know, Johnny Rocket had his Launchpad show before. But um, episode zero, we did with Apollo Slater, It's which is also a pseudonym, right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he's commented on some of my posts. Oh, he yeah. did. He's, he's a fun troll. He's he's a really great, though, at inspiring conversations and having great discussions. So he is pretty I really good. appreciate that. He is pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you being here on the show. We've been trying to get you on now for like four months. And uh, you're almost as hard as getting like Michael Bolden on the show. Not Michael Bolden, like the guy from the 10th Amendment Center, but we really wanted to have Michael Bolden. Bolden with a D. With the singer. Yeah. We really wanted him on the show because I, I celebrate his entire his entire collection. Oh, awesome. I, I celebrate. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm you kidding. don't. <laughs> I only know Michael Bolton from the Tenth Amendment Center. I don't know. <laughs> so Bolden with a D is Tenth Amendment Center. He's the nullification guy who's amazing. We had him Bolton, on the show. We yeah. love him. He he's amazing. Yeah, he's great. He's just amazing. Michael Bolton for the kids. I don't know if it shows a man age, with very curly but... hair, a lot of hairspray. Um, usually um, tight, uh, a tight T-shirt, tight jeans with a nice fade on them. And he sings "When a Man Loves a Woman." You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, when a man loves a woman and things like that. That was a big 90s guy, right? He's really terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible stuff. So young then. Yeah, all the ladies loved him, like my mom. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Well, public school. Yeah, there you go. Public school. Exactly. Exactly. I blame public school. 
I this do is too. the problem. I do too. With why everyone liked Michael Bolton. They weren't getting their emotional needs met. This guy, he, he can croon about how he will be nice to them. And they were like, oh, wow, someone will be nice to me because I never experienced that. And that's why they fell for Michael Bolton. Wow, that's so real. It hits home. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Oh, that one hurt. <laughs> Once the woman gets him, he's, she's going to be like, well, he's too much of a I really don't want to be with him because he hasn't. he's not a man. So there you go. Uh, he's a commie. Yeah, so here's right. the problem. Yes, men, do not be a communist. So we're talking to the philosopher. Thank you so much for being here. It's awesome. And I uh, really enjoyed our previous conversation before the show. It was actually pretty good. And thank God I recorded some of it. Um, here's the thing. You had some really awesome videos online. And one of them is about public schools. And you were talking about how public schools foster socialism and communism. And you had done some extensive research in that. Could you explain kind of what you were talking about during that uh, video you had on YouTube? Oh, hey, well, so this was a recent video. Um, I've covered public school before, but not from the perspective of specifically fostering socialism and communism. So I really wanted to, in this video, really focus on it. And more than ever in the history of public schooling in the United States, has it ever been so prevalent? I think it's just because over time, the people who tend to be working in the state or, you know, in the public school system as teachers or administrators, they have very uh, socialist or communist philosophies. So mm-hmm. in this video, what I did in the beginning is I first did an introduction and went through the 10 planks of <laughs> Marxism, which even as you read through the intro, you can, if, if anyone's been through public school or has experience with it, I'm sure that at least like, you know, several p- planks would resonate with them that, oh, wait, I went through that. I know exactly, <laughs> you know, what they're talking about. And um, I just wanted to just expose what happens in the schooling system to get people to think in a way where they're no longer individuals. And to just follow authority, public school has always had that bent of political correctness in a way. It's just now morphed into a lot of other areas like gender identity. You know, the issues have been added on. But the fundamental idea of only listen to authority, only check government sources or approve scientific journals, you know, that whole mentality has always been there. And that is actually the point of public school, you know, with uh, started with Prussia. The goal was to um, you can look up specific quotes about it by the Prussian model specifically. Yeah, by thinkers at the time of like the point of it. And it's basically supposed to be the government or whoever is in power, basically, to control the children. And if you can do that, if you can indoctrinate human beings at a very young age, if you can form their worldviews, and if you can take the place of the parent, well, now you have a very obedient populace. Because think of how, you know, there's this allegiance to family. It's very natural. Sure. Yeah, man. It doesn't have to be by blood. That is your childhood years. You will have an affection towards them, especially if they took care of you and showed you, you know, love in some way. So the state predates on that very natural human desire. And with public schooling, they herd all the human beings, you know, in right. one place when they're really young. They're super impressionable. Yes, by age, sorting them by age and 
um, having this really weird herd mentality. School spirit is in every single school, school competition, you know, competition with the schools. And then, you know, just that idea of, hey, don't, you know, read this book in my class. Don't talk in my class. You're trying, you know, sure. you better pay attention to me. Listen to me. Ask me permission to go to the bathroom. Hey, you can't take care of your body unless I give you permission to. Sure. Yes, yeah, keep going. Mm-hmm. Most of my teachers were like that. I had some that were more liberal and just like, oh yeah, just go whenever you want. Just, you know, it's Thank your God. responsibility if, you know, you miss something. But most of the teachers were, yeah, make sure you wait. You know, if I'm covering an important topic, you don't want to miss this. Hold your pee, like hold your whatever. Right. No. Yeah, I'm with you. Poor kids. So, yeah. So I uh, really wanted to cover just that in that that video. Well, you're right about the parents and removing the parents because uh, I always tell every one of my friends that has their kids in government schools and um, for, for multitude of reasons, I always tell them, don't tell them, be good, listen to your teacher. Right. There, There's something that happens that parents are supposed to be who children are learning from. That's how it is naturally when we talk about sociobiology and all that stuff. That is what we need. And when you are a parent and you're sending your kid to school where they actually spend more time with your child during the day than you can when you're telling them to listen to the parent or the, uh, or to the teacher and kind of placing them above you, we're kind of like pack animals. So doing that to children is very confusing. It, it is uh, putting a divide between the family and the children, in my opinion. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, I come from a immigrant uh, background. I'm the I'm actually the first generation from my family on both sides, from both my mom and my dad's side, uh, oh, wow. being the first ones born Yeah, here in America. So they come from being born in Vietnam, uh, at least my parents, and then some of them in Cambodia and China. So I was exposed to the public schooling system. I've been in it, you know, I was in it my whole life from uh, preschool, <laughs> That's sure, started, yeah. which was private, but it was very similar in that it was separated by age. Um, and things like that. But it was much more lax for sure. <laughs> and then I went to kindergarten. <laughs> so I've noticed, you know, that I've seen, you know, I'm not going to just blame Democrats because, well, they're all, but Democrats and Republicans, you know, they seem to, mm-hmm. they need the state <laughs> indoctrination system. You know, they need the system to sustain their, their immoral wealth confiscation and their redistribution schemes. And, you know, this has been going on. Like they need this so they can continue to, you know, brainwash children. Yeah. Anyone who's a reasonable adult, you know, who, who learned critical thinking wouldn't be indoctrinated in the same way that a child. Would exactly. Be yes. Correct. Yeah. Especially kindergartner. You start, you know, at kindergarten is just training for obedience and manners in the herd. Yes. That's what kindergarten is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But like, what do you think? Like, what do you think we need to do in regards to breaking the cycle? Because I mean, this is a vicious cycle we're, we're dealing with. And do you think we would have an actually a more liberty based or voluntarist based society if we didn't have the the school system uh, that we have today. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, everyone you come into contact with, when you talk to them about the absence of a, of the state, 
of a monopoly on force, their immediate reaction is like a gut reaction. Mm-hmm. It, an egoic reaction. Yeah, sure. Right. Or like it's very defensive. It's not based on reason. It's not based on being curious and open or a willingness to be wrong. It's very dogmatic. It's like, no, 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 you can't have it because no one's going to build the roads. Mm-hmm. And we, the <laughs> reason we hear the same things over and over again, like who to build a roads? What about the police? You know, <laughs> like right. it's for a reason. It's because every single one of these person, people, if you ask them, they received a government, you know, propaganda in some form or another. Most of them through public school. But sometimes you will have homeschooling where the parents are just a status, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Exactly. Like they yeah. Or yeah. they're at home watching Paw Patrol, which is status 101 for children. It's disgusting. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Oh, because there's firefighters. Oh, all of it. Cops and just, it's just gross. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it's things like that. You know, I remember like Smokey the Bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, we had him. Yeah. He was cool. Yeah, and in a friendly way, just being like, oh, yeah, the state, they're my friends. And they would bring parade the police into our classrooms. Remember that? Yeah, and they'd give you stickers. And everyone asked, can I see your gun? Can I see your gun? (laughs) That's what everyone cared about. They didn't give a shit about the cop. They're just like, can I see the gun? I want to see the gun. Yeah, they wouldn't do that now. I mean, that's what it's about. I'm serious. Nobody gave a about the cop. Just like adults, children only learn what is valuable to them. That's just a fact. If you pay attention, you really watch. Children only learn what is valuable to them, just like adults. So why are people so married to the idea that school must look like the education that they had? I think it's just that cycle again. If you, It's just like with any cycle of violence that perpetuates throughout human history. It's individuals who haven't gained self-knowledge. They're all blending together. Yeah. Very holistic. It really is. Voluntarism is so holistic and interconnected and people try to dissect it into pieces and topics, but it is all connected. Yeah. Sure. Even the economic one. Well, it's social science also. Yeah. They're learning like neoclassical bullshit. Yeah. So the philosopher, should children have the right to work? Why is it viewed as horrific, right? Where most people procreated, so they made workers for their farm or their home. And working mm-hmm. in some cases could be very more educational than actually going to school. And what, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, first of all, just any question, like one of my first things is, that I think about is compared to what? So like compared to what is now or compared to what? Okay, that you're getting all economic is. on me. I know you're right. I, right, sure. No, no, it's not economics, philosophical. Sure. Because any assertion you make, there's always a compared to what. So, oh, sorry, remind me of the question. Uh, well, like I, I, what I'm saying is like children. Oh, I, children I, allowed to work. Yes, yeah, like I mean. Yeah, compared to what they used to. I mean, kids were usually back in the day in the, you know, the 1900s. Yeah, exactly. Back then they were working. But Mm -hmm. it's also like if you compare to what that person advocates for now, because they're compared to what is because it's bad to put children, quote, to work. You need to put them in public school where what do you do? You put them to work. Enslaving them. get no choice. They literally get no choice as to what kind of, quote, job they're going to do. They're just forced to do it. Whereas if you give the child the freedom to work as a parent, you know, a a very good parent who's involved in their child's life wants to be a facilitator, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's what I really see uh, as, you know, adults in a child's life. A child should really be allowed to be free to learn no different than an adult now. I, I don't think there should be some giant, you know, maybe like a 70-year-old following around a 40-year-old and they're like, hey, make sure you do this. <laughs> right, yeah. Now I'm with you. Make sure you do your homework. 
oh, put that book away. You want to learn about voluntarism? No, you need to learn. <laughs> so you just got to see like a child. It's There's no false dichotomy. It's a human being, you know, just like an adult, just in a very limited capacity in their mind because they're growing, you know, and they're new to the world. They're just trying to understand. So I really see adults as facilitators in a child's life. And that's what it should be. And when a child is at least allow the freedom to work, you know, as a facilitator, as a parent, you can say, hey, what are you interested in? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't even have to have them work right away. It really is up to the child. Uh, The child might be like, oh, well, I just want to stay home. I want to like read these books. Like Elon Musk growing up, he was homeschooled. He just read, he just spent time in his, uh, I think, father's study or his parents um, and just read a bunch of encyclopedias. He, he read through some of the content. Yeah, that's awesome. And he just filled his mind with like, whoa, what's, what's this world that I live in? Yes, our natural curiosity is enough to inspire us to actually learn, take it in. And then what's so neat about ideas, and, and I know you guys get this, and this is why I don't believe in IP, is ideas are meant to be shared, discussed, built upon. This is where innovation comes from. This is why free markets work because the when we are let free, when we are freed, especially as children, when they are as brilliant as they are, can you imagine what we would be like if we were raised this way? Demonstrable. There are human beings who were raised like Elon Musk, you know, in environments where they had that freedom and autonomy to learn. I was going right. to ask you that. I've, I've changed a lot in my parenting style over the years and learning as I go has been really difficult, but it's really rewarding too. It takes humility, um, honesty. And uh, what do you envision children raised with emotional understanding and our values as voluntarists bringing to the world as adults? What will our future look like and how will this pay off? It's an idea I definitely think about. It's, it's something that inspires me. I mean, that's me too. one of my core drivers to putting myself out there, albeit anonymously <laughs> in some ways. Right. I want to see a future of peace mm-hmm. and like a world where people aren't in their adulthoods, you know, suffering from the traumas of their childhoods. I don't yes. want people to have any traumas, if possible, but sure. as minimal traumas as, as possible, you know, mm-hmm. uh, except for like things completely out of human control, like a uh, like a natural disaster or something. You're not going to be able to control it. Well, at least not with the current technology control. Exactly. <laughs> unless you unless you look into HARP, which is really fun. H-A-A-R-P. I mean, if anyone... I know, I was like, that. wait, let me pause. <laughs> I believe the children are our future. We should teach them well and let them live the way. guy. He did, can't help it. Did you know that... Did you know I believe... Okay. No, really quick question though. So here's the thing. We're talking about teaching kids, getting them out of the goddamn public education system, right? Which I'm 100% in agreement with. But in today's economy... I, I think most people who are married have kids. Usually right now with the way people want to live, it takes two parents or, you know, the couple. They both have to work jobs to make ends meet based on the keeping up with the Joneses next door. And the government. And the government, which puts them in a bad position when it comes to affordability of private schools or homeschooling. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, bring it home. Bring it home. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here just, just, ooh. There needs to be market alternatives. Uh, yes. You know, there are some like homeschooling uh, ops. So like parents will take turns. They'll be like, okay, drop your kids off at my house. I'll watch them for this day because I'm off at work. Okay. And then they rotate. So that's more of like community style. And, you know, you can look in your local area to just see, you know, look online if there's uh, any local homeschooling 
things like that, you know, homeschooling groups. Uh There are tons of resources out there, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also something fairly new are like self-directed learning centers. (gasps) Yes. There are Montessori schools, which aren't totally self-directed from my understanding. Still, the kids have more freedom. They're and they're working better. So what does that entail? Self-directed learning. What is that? So self-directed learning centers is a good Good example of one that has existed for over a decade is the Sudbury Valley School. It's a self-directed, well, there's still some things that are a little... More learning through play. Yeah, but there's, there's just freedom. They have facilities, they have a kitchen, they have outdoor playing area, all kinds of activities, computers, books. Uh, you name it. Is that like free range parenting? Is that how kind of how it is? Kind of, yeah. It, they kind of use a lot yeah. of the same techniques and ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Sudbury specifically is like just this giant mansion filled with just anything for kids to learn uh, music stuff. And so you'll have a bunch of kids just in their own places, having the freedom to go wherever they want. No one's carting them around. In the ways that there's they no learn bell. best, right? Yeah. There's no bell, and there's age mixing, like. If you watch videos of the Sudbury Valley School, you'll see like, you know, like a six-year-old talking to like, I don't know, like a 13-year-old just asking questions. Or there's like a whole group of different ages playing a game and they're just having fun. Um, So that's kind of, you know, an alternative for people who are like, okay, both parents are working. That's what we got to do to make ends meet. You know, is there some place of, you know, people who value self-directed learning that I can take my child to? And of course... For any entrepreneurs or anyone with capital, (laughs) you know, think about starting one in your in your area and offering an alternative to people and working with libertarians who have like a social media platform. Cough, cough. um, (laughs) I hear you guys with your podcast, you know, and to promote it and just like start to do what you can to either make an alternative or you can find one uh, if you just you know, don't have that ability. You know, I was a waitress for years and I actually homeschooled my children and they were so far advanced uh, that it was actually frightening when you compare it because I wasn't wasting all my time and resources like public schools do. They spend more time corralling a herd to get them to move them forward. And it's so slow that when you're letting children learn the way that they learn, it's quick. I could get all their... I mean, we're talking about an hour and a half of day and the rest was just living their lives. And I was a waitress, so I would just homeschool them on my days off and on my off hours. And it was actually, I was able to do that as a single mom. So it you okay. really can do it. You can get creative. And so is, did they have the freedom to learn when you were working? Like they just like... Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I'm a big a fan of strewing, which is a term that it's just you you provide them with different types of options. You kind of watch your kids, see what they're gravitating towards, and then you inundate them with everything in all different mediums. If they want to learn about sharks, you start you 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 give them everything, and you take them places. You you teach teach them in any way you can about it by offering them different mediums. Interesting, and, yeah. And then what happens is then they start finding something when they uh, decide they, there's a shark game that they want to play. It's even if it's a, a on the tablet. I don't think there's anything wrong with electronics personally as long as they're learning because they will. They will take anything and learn from it. They're geniuses. And then all of a sudden they have a question more about these kind of fish. 
Right. So then we'll move it out, and then we want to learn about bones. And yes, yep. yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. That, that's the thing I wanted to say, Raylene, and uh, philosopher. What we normally, you know, that's how I think how I learned, because, I mean, that's how I kind of got into, I'm, I'm going to bring this into music when I was a kid. Do it. So I listened to a, a record or a band that I really enjoyed, and, you know, I was looking at the liner notes, and it would be like, there was a sample from this band. And I'm like, wow, I got to find out who that band is. Cause I really, I, oh yeah, this is how I got into like different types of music. And this is kind of how mm-hmm. I found jazz because of there was horn sections in hip hop music in the nineties. And I yeah. found, you know, like samples. And then I would actually research the jazz musicians of the sample. And then it started, it, 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 it branches out into all these other things. So like you were saying, yeah, you have the shark, the kid's interested in, in learning about sharks or fish or whatever, and then eventually he's going to want, well, I want to know more about the ocean because now that, it, it's another sub, it's branching off. Or geography and what where where they are. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the natural human tendency is to kind of start branching off. So they find something they enjoy, they branch off, then they may find something else they enjoy from that. And I think yes. that's a more of a natural mm-hmm. progression versus some, you know, systematic... You know, uh, we're actually segmenting those subjects into and, and not showing how the world is connected with the subject. Exa- like yeah, how, exactly. How a very common like counter argument people say is like, well, if you just live, let a child like be free to do what they want, they're just going to play video games. They're never going to learn how to read. They're not going to learn basic arithmetic. But I think that that's false. It is Because false. you need to read to learn. And every single child that I've ever come in contact with, like they're so curious about a book. Yeah. They either want to be read to or they want to be shown how to read. Um, and it's very natural. And of course, because if they wanted to, let's say they're very interested in like dinosaurs or something. I have a, we have a really close uh, family friend who his son is, really into dinosaurs. And this kid knows more about the gastrointestinal system yes. of dinosaurs than I do. I'm like, what? Yeah, exactly. And he's like so cute. He's like six. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. I'm like, you know so much. Exactly. And he's reading though. And, well, and it was from a desire to just learn about dinosaurs. He's Video passionate games about can it. teach also, guys. Like, I want you to know, I have a child with uh, learning disabilities. Um, she died and came back to life. And now she has issues with speech and memory loss. And, um, and so I've been homeschooling her. And I have to tell you, I use World of Warcraft to teach her how to read. Because the pressure was so hard, big on her and she felt different and she knew it was not easy for her. and It was very hard to hurt for her to remember and her confidence issues were big. So I started, um, I, I had two WoW accounts and we would both get on a computer and we'd be playing. So that way it was very benign. And then I would start sending her messages. Mm-hmm. And then she would try to read them and then she wanted to write back. So then she would phonetically sound out words that she thought. Gosh, so that's I such ta- a sweet story. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> like the thing is, if there's a will, there's a way. And I think that's how we need to have our kids learn is through them wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. Public school makes it a chore. Exactly. So I think there's a natural human element to it. Anyways, oh, have you heard about America's fastest growing number one pro-liberty radio program besides Blast Off? That would be Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on seven nights per week on 190 plus radio stations coast to coast and is pro-liberty every issue every time. So check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, oh, this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas. We'll be right back after this commercial break with the philosopher. Rock and roll. 
It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Can't wait for rocket fire. That's right. Let's do this. So we're here with the philosopher and we're talking about education, school choice, and children. And I was saying that the children are our future, you know, and we need to take care of them. Teach them well. But anyways, uh, what we do on the second segment, it's called rocket fire. What we do on rocket fire. Philosopher, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically and in this case, philosophically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Philosopher, are you ready to play? Rocket fire. Yeah. Do I get anything? Yeah, you get a no prize if you win. Well, I just want validation. That's yeah, all. you get validation. <laughs> Definitely get validation. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> really? All right. Oh, okay, got it. All right, you ready? Are you ready for it? Ready, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Let the timer start. Here we go. Timer is started. Here we go. Question one. Under our government, are there any rights that you have but shouldn't and why? <laughs> oh, wow. I know. This is a good one. I wrote it. Um... Gosh, it's like the right to not be discriminated against against for your race or whatever. Okay. Is that a violation of property rights, other people's property rights? Okay. Well, it may sound good on the surface, like, oh, I don't want to be made fun of because of my race. I don't want to, like, not be able to eat at this restaurant because they don't like whatever, me being Asian. You know, I get that. And emotionally, it's it's painful. But at the end of the day, that person owns their restaurant. They're, you're not entitled to their food. So I think that that's a quote, right, that is uh, prescribed by the state that I think we shouldn't have, that that is actually a violation of our actual property rights, uh, ownership of ourselves and bodies. Wow. Great answer. That was pretty bold. And I love it. I agree with you. Question two. At what point is overthrowing a government ethical considering all the violence a revolution usually entails? So it depends on what you mean by that. So I would say that it is definitely good or okay at any time by overthrowing the government, you are peacefully resisting. Like you're not paying taxes. If they come to your door, you are free to defend yourself using force. You know, I think that that's fine. And I think that that's what we should be doing. Okay. So you (laughs) think we should be doing it now? Yeah, to to the best extent possible. I mean, obviously, if you have a job where they like that company is also forced to like, you know, prescribe you a W-2, 
Well, you you really have no choice. You're, exactly. They take out your income tax and you have no choice um, if you want to work for those people. So, yeah. All right. Good, good answer. Question three. If babies are considered innocent, when do people cease to be innocent? Huh. Interesting. Okay. I think when a person has the ability to empathize with somebody else and mm-hmm. see themselves as like and other people a separate entity uh, versus just like being a pure reaction because um, babies, they don't know how to communicate yet. They're just perceiving. They don't even know how to comprehend yet and categorize what they're seeing. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. They're just like, what's this pretty color? But, and that's, I think that's my mom and you have a biological attachment there. So yeah, when you're able to communicate and see yourself as separate from other people and be able to conceptualize. That's when you lose your innocence. Okay. Well, and now you're responsible for, uh, you know, your actions. There you go. Question four. Why are humans, I love this question, why are humans so fascinated by mass murderers if their actions are universally considered evil and vile? Uh, well, saying all humans, I mean, it's not all humans. Not all but- humans, but there is a large portion of the United States who loves yeah, looking up definitely. murderers and killers and people who are hiding people in their basements and they're fascinated by learning about these what is the draw to this evil and vile characters i mean why do people want to know more about it i think that's just you know it it can vary for someone if they themselves feel that way like sociopathic or psychopathic and it like resonates with them but i think there is just this curiosity at things that are just so foreign to you right it's easy to just be drawn to that and be like oh i want to learn more like what is this exactly that's what i think i personally yeah i personally am very interested in the psychology i mean that's my own interest when i whenever i watch like a scary movie or something i'm curious to know that person's history i specifically like like documentaries about uh, serial killers. Not like I like it, but <laughs> I get it. So I get it. No, I get but it. But I'm curiously, I have a uh, intellectual curiosity about it because I want to know. Holy crap! What is the childhoods of people who end up, you know, being okay with murdering somebody else and and sometimes enjoying that? I know. I, I have the answer. <laughs> I have the answer though. Public school. All right, moving. Question six. Is it more important to help yourself, help your family, help your society, or help the world? That's question five, actually. So I think at the end of the day, everything that people do is selfish. So helping the world, helping family, society, um, I think at the very end of the day, you're helping yourself in any of those cases because you don't do things that you personally don't want to do. I mean, that's intuitive. Even if you jump in front of a bus for somebody and push them out the way, you value that person's life more than your own, but that's still your own subjective valuation. Uh, you know what I mean? So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not one necessarily more important, but I think just in terms of what people do, everyone's uh, always self-serving and putting themselves first, no matter if they think it's altruistic. Well, yeah. And if you, you can't help anyone else, if you can't take care of yourself too, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Question six. What are the benefits and drawbacks of diversity in society? Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, there's imposed diversity. So there's draw- benefits and drawbacks of that. But when it's spontaneous, I mean, if individuals really have like freedom of association and their property rights are respected, I don't really see pros and cons. 
per se. It, it, the pros and cons would just be for me subjectively, but on an ethical basis, I'd have, you know, there's no problem with it. Okay. With diversity. You know, you just see different individuals. Some like to congregate with people who have the same language as them, same culture. Sure. Uh, for example, my mom, she's really into Vietnamese culture. She loves going to Chinatown and speaking Vietnamese. And she's known those people like for so long, you know, for the past uh, since I've been alive. Right. You know, she's been in America for decades. And, you know, some people prefer that. But some people are like, okay, I love just seeing a bunch of different cultures. I love having the sort of melting pot. Like you go to New York. Some people just love that, you know. Exactly. Just seeing all different kinds of cultures everywhere. So, you know, if it's all based on a voluntary basis and property rights are respected, I see no particular like pros and cons with it intrinsically. Um, only if it's mandatory. I'm with you. Question seven. Does jealousy have value in driving humans to improve themselves or is it purely a negative emotion? Ooh, interest is like a self-knowledge question. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, well, on a personal note, this is something that I've struggled with um, in my own personal relationships <laughs> with the romantic ones. And I think at this time, in terms of the positive I see from it is not the feeling of the emotion itself, but the positive is when you recognize that and you ponder where it comes from. And I think usually it comes from fundamentally an insecurity about yourself that, oh, you're not good enough, that whoever you're you know, jealous about, you think if it's, you know, with your spouse or whatever, you think like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough for my spouse. They just want this person. I wish I was that person. That's where the jealousy comes from. And the envy. You perceive that you're not as good as that person. And you think you're lacking in some fundamental way. Okay. So it comes from shame. shame. So that's the positive is to just question why you feel that way in that particular situation situation okay cool so there's a positive <laughs> out of the purely negative jealousy is just re- recognizing yeah it. okay i don't think it's natural. okay cool i don't think it's natural i think it's you know unhealthy or stemming from some unhealthy view of yourself okay very good point Question: without religion would people become more less or be equally morally corrupt <laughs> i love it <laughs> You're um, like, i love I this really hard question <laughs> Really, that's so funny. Um, I had a conversation about this the other day. I I think it's not necessarily, you know, some people try to say that, you know, well, you got to have religion, this belief in null hypotheses, because, you know, without it, there's no uh, desire to want there to be good or evil. You'll the only other option is you'll be a hedon, uh, a hedonist, you know, you'll just be like, oh, anything goes and it's justified the means. But what I disagree with is I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And I don't think that's the only option if you're raised without uh, religion. I think what's more important is to be raised with critical thinking mm-hmm. and not necessarily the conclusions you come to. But if you're raised with empathy, if you're raised with love, compassion, um, if you're raised to question things and you were taught, you know, okay, what is the process for getting closer to the truth versus, hey, just listen to me. This is the truth. If you look anywhere else, I'm going to shame you. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. For, uh, you know, not listening to me. What rights does every human have and do those rights change based upon their age? So does the rights of a two-year-old 
the same as the rights of a 30 year old? I would say, yeah, like I, I don't I can't think of anything that would necessarily change. Like for me, all human beings have the right um, of self-ownership, you know, their consent should not be violated if they're too young to communicate. Well, you know, <laughs> your two month old baby, you're not going to be like, do you want me to put my breast near your mouth? Uh, are you okay with this? You know, you're not going to be able to get an answer. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if a two year old though has the right to smoke though. Like that well, would, that would be kind of right. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Little Leroy over here wants a cigarette. You're like, no. That's... So it comes down to property rights. Does that it does. even own that? Right? No. It, yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like you take away on the basis of property rights. I'm with um, you. And that's usually what it is. You know, kids don't have property, but they own themselves. That's why it's to, like, you know, molest a child or beat right. them or size their penis or cut off their clitoris, you know, whatever mm-hmm. crazy people do. You know, these are all violations of that child's body. So, you know, no matter what age, you have a right of self-ownership. And then any property that you receive, like if a parent gives you something for your birthday, they're gifting it to you. And some parents will just take away something they gave you as punishment. And I think that that's wrong. That's a violation of their property rights. Interesting. Um, Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. You can have punishments in other ways. Like, okay, uh, you can't play with the family Xbox, you know, because that's mom and dad's or whatever. You know what I mean? But if I give my child something or I give somebody something, that's theirs. Like, it'd just be just as weird if, you know, I gave you guys something for Um, you know, your house, like your coffee maker. And like, you said something rude to me. So I'm going to go to your house and take the coffee maker and be like, until you apologize, I'm not giving this back to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a great point. Never looked at it like that. That's a good point. No to self. (laughs) No to self. Oh yeah, no to self. Question 10. What's the difference between justice and revenge? And this is the last question. Good question. Uh, I love these philosophical. It's a mix. It's great. <laughs> I'm making you like, think here. This is tough stuff. You are. I'm like, what? I just want a conversation. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> it's the last one. <laughs> okay, okay. Justice and revenge. I think there can be overlap. Justice is, to me, to me right now, it's like subjective. It okay. is justice in some people's minds varies. You know, some people just want their money back for something. Some people want to see someone else suffer <laughs> mm-hmm. in response they did to them and like be held in a cell or whatever, you know? So the difference though can be mindsets, maybe. Intent, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, revenge tends to have a more negative connotation. Justice tends to have a more like, okay, you're justified to do this. It's like self-defense or whatever. But in revenge, you can be doing it out of self, you know, just out of wanting to pay that person back for what they did to you. You know, all sure. those movies about revenge uh, where there's the hero. Those are really know. good, though. That's why people like them. Yeah, the mafia kills their wife and kids. So that guy becomes this like commando dude and he like kills them all. You know, it's the punisher. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's revenge plus justice. Right. The punisher. Yeah. Um, people don't really distinguish in those cases where they perceive it as an actual injustice that they're getting revenge revenge for. Anyways, all that's rocket fire. Give it up for the philosopher. Bam. Good job. Good job. The killer job. Anyways, that's Johnny Rocket always launching ideas. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rock and roll. 
This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. LAVA stands for Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist. And if you consider yourself to be in any of those categories, all of those categories, or just interested in learning about them, then the Lava Flow podcast is for you. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. The Lava Flow podcast, channeling the flow of information to the Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist community. Thelavaflow.com. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ranch Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. I know Raylene's been chomping at the bit to talk to the philosopher. We're here at the philosopher. Raylene, take it away. This is your go. I have a couple that I want to ask. So um, it's very hard for parents who are raised in our society to not appeal to authoritarianism when parenting, myself included as it was how I was raised. I have personally found that in order for me to have disciplined children, I absolutely had to learn how to be disciplined myself, consistency, communication, things like that. What do you believe it means to be a disciplined parent? And what would that look like to you? Oh, great question. I love it. This is one of my, I just love self-knowledge. Me too. Me too. I think we're going to have a lot to discuss some other day. Yes. Yeah. If we ever hung out. Okay. I sounded all giddy. Um, (laughs) So I think what it means to be disciplined as a parent is uh, emotionally, you're kind of alluding to that. Um, Just having self-knowledge and being honest with yourself first and foremost and with your kid. Um, yeah. Oftentimes parents, if they don't know the answer to a question, they'll just make some up because they feel this pressure to have to be the ultimate source of truth. I make all the time. <laughs> and uh, I, did, I did that growing up when I was uh, an older sister, like uh, when I was like around, you know, in middle school and high school, I felt that pressure as well. And if my siblings didn't listen to me, I would get all flustered emotionally. I'd get, you know, feel like... Uh, Invalidated or silenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're also demeaning me when they're not. Like, yes. um, they're not thinking that way per se. And so what I've learned now is to how to just be honest. And even with kids, you can just be like, hey, I don't know the answer to that question. Sure. But here's what I would do to and figure it out right and you know it can be a learning experience together for both of you like if they're like it is hey mom is the earth round i'm not gonna make up some because i i don't know the specific experiments as to why the earth is round because i've never really had an interest in (laughs) because it doesn't affect me but you know if it ever came up i would be like okay here's what i would do let's go online let's try to look through it 
Um, let's question this source. Who is this source? Who wrote this? What is their underlying research? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So it's yeah. okay as a parent to say you don't know. Um, and then emotionally, which is probably the hardest. It is the hardest. Regulation. Yeah. And discipline is very important. And at the very least, you should have that before becoming a parent. Like you got to get your house in order. Uh, not to quote Jordan Peterson or anything. Although I like that he said that. Yeah, but, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> but kids, they're going to just, you know, be themselves. They're going to have all sorts of emotions. Uh, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of friends describe and, and uh, family describe as first time parents when they see their kid just screaming at the top of their lungs at them, like, yeah, you know, yeah. as like when they're three and four, they're going to start to do because they're starting to learn about themselves and self-ownership. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, their, their immediate reaction is like very defensive. And I'll have parents, uh, first time parents just be like, oh my gosh, that, they look like my mom. It freaks me out. It, they look like <laughs> my dad. Yeah. And if you haven't resolved those childhood issues, you're going to get triggered. Yeah, you got to go deep inside and figure out why you respond the way you do to your kids not listening or, or doing certain behaviors. If it's triggering something inside of you, why does this upset me? How do I have to fix this so I can help them, right? Yeah, and the response is very like some people's defenses, they can, you know, just bottle up their emotions and they're very calm and like just like passive aggressive or they can be overtly physically aggressive mm -hmm. or they can be almost like uh, a mat like their kids just walk all over them and like sure honey whatever you want huh <laughs> yeah you know, we met those like, soccer moms yeah we know them they're, <laughs> they're quote everywhere yeah there's they're, they're and they they're responding just like they would i'm sure to their yeah. parents yelling at them like that you know what i mean and it's a sad thing so for anyone who wants to be a parent, like seriously, pick up a book. If you're pregnant now, pick up like Healing the Child Within by Charles yes. L. Whitfield. Pick, pick up Nonviolent Communication by Marshall book. B. Rosenberg. Great yeah, book. And those are your two core, at least. I also highly recommend Enneagram. I'm not really into personality testing. This is a very, very different. Um, you actually have to do not do the quizzes, anybody listening. You actually have to read about each type and there's only nine types. And then once you realize which one is yours and usually it's the greatest fear, the childhood message. Once you realize what type you are, you will see how much of your behavior results in unresolved issues from when you were a kid and messages that you were getting and you were uh, coping mechanisms you created. Yeah, I would there, uh, the first book I ever read was Wisdom of the Enneagram, but I have better books for you. Once you decide what type you are, I can help you with that later. Um, I have a quote from Ken Schooland from The Philosophy of Liberty. And he said, using force to impose a vision on others is intellectual sloth and typically results in unintended perverse consequences. Achieving a free society requires courage to think, to talk, and to act, especially when it is easier to do nothing. It is, it's taking our voluntarism in political realm and pushing it forward out there. Don't you feel like that is living it? Exactly. Apply it to your own life. And, and that's what I see. I mean, you guys at this point have met lots of voluntarists, um, probably at events and not, who have been on your show. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen a wide range of self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. We have. You know, people wide range. who, yeah, some people from, you know, the both extremes who like really know themselves, who can talk about the issues, have healed from them, mm -hmm. um, learned better from them, changed habits and defenses, uh, whatever. And then there's people who don't even know that at all, get into very dysfunctional relationships, um, are physically violent, even though they preach 
uh, you know, nonviolence. Yeah, NAP. yeah, we know those people. Yeah, yeah those and, guys. You know, I want to. <laughs> that's me, probably. Yeah, that's yeah, like well. the second time said that those guys are us. are you projecting johnny <laughs> he he likes to do that he likes to call himself that all the time no, he's fine. so funny I'm, I'm, no, I'm, yeah <laughs> but that's so, a part of knowing who i am right <laughs> that's a generalization no no but I, i'm intellectually lazy that's fine but like really grand quick, that's for sure <laughs> no, one more thing we have one more question before we have to wrap this up because we only have a very limited amount of time if you can answer this question really quick, and then we have to go. But what is the difference between libertarianism, anarcho-capitalism, and voluntarism? Oh, uh, did you say what are the differences? Yeah, because I don't think people know, and I think you probably do. Okay, well, so uh, libertarianism is very broad. It's supposed to be on the principles of self-ownership. I would say that libertarianism and voluntarism should be synonymous Honestly, and I, I personally use it synonymously. Libertarianism has obviously gained more traction in the mainstream because of the Libertarian Party, mm. uh, though negative in some ways. Exactly. But, you know, basically it's just about liberty, uh, maximizing liberty and minima- minimizing the initiation of violence. But in terms of like pure definitions, there are differences. Uh, with libertarianism, I'm honestly, I'm not very sure. I don't really study or I haven't studied like what, the definition is it's more loose from just what I've picked sure. up people describing it to themselves, but you'll have minarchists and stuff. But basically there is a desire for the principle of self-ownership. And that's the same principle that underlies uh, anarchism and the same principle that underlies voluntarism. And voluntarism is specifically uh, focused around self-ownership. Like it's clearly about it. And so I do like voluntarism and it also distinguishes from the mainstream slant on libertarianism of like weirdos, people in basements, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we and, met those. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, so anarchism is basically just without rulers. So it's a more specific definition, but you can see how there's a bunch of overlaps. And then capitalism is specifically the respect of private property rights um, mm-hmm. and the allowance of people to accrue as much capital and private property basically as they want right on raylene prepare for landing roger that johnny seatbelts and shoulder harnesses your body your choice landing gear and downward expanders nap initiated anti-state superchargers defragged and woke landing lights and guest websites philosopher give us your dot coms miss <laughs> so it's the like T-H-E <laughs> and then philosopher like philosopher but instead of an I it's P-H-O philosopher uh, dot com and then that will link to all my social media sites and anything else awesome oh, hey thank you so much for being here on the show anyways so this is Johnny Rocket with my Ray of Truth Miss Raylene Lightheart and thank you again philosopher it's a pleasure to have you on the show we love your videos we love you on YouTube and you're you're pretty badass. And thanks again for being here. If uh, you want to hear more, Raylene, what should they do? What do they do? I really want you guys to go to supportblastoff.com. That is supportblastoff.com. And subscribe for only a dollar. And dollar. so you get to hear the after party. And you're going to want to hear the philosopher answer all these questions when we put her on blast. We're going to put her on blast. We have no time. But thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. Rock and roll.
this is Johnny Rocket here at the After Party. I'm here with Ray of Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hey, hey we're, After Party. Yes, this is the After Party. We're talking to the philosopher. Thank you so much for being here. I know you have a tight schedule, and I just smoked a cigarette in like two seconds. So, thank you very much. I'm all pumped up on nicotine now, and I'm feeling pretty goddamn good. So... <laughs> Time to put you on blast. Uh, yeah, so what we do here is we're going to put you on blast. And the first person, Raylene, you started off this time. Oh, I will. Jason Reichert, also known as JJ Boogie, asks, what's your favorite pho restaurant? Oh, my favorite one? Mm-hmm. Um, a local one, I guess in general, like mom and pops. And yep. with the same similar taste to what I grew up with, <laughs> which is unique. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, uh, Brent DeRitter asks, um, when's she dropping her next single? Single, uh, You had the uh, <laughs> and Cap Grind, yes. I believe, on on YouTube, which is really good. And I really enjoyed it. And you could rap pretty well. You're pretty good. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, so the next single, I don't know, but uh, it'll either be end of this year or sometime next year. Are you and Eric July going to do a collaboration? Uh, no talks of that yet, but that would be really cool. Why so don't you do that? Consider it a request. See, you know consider what? Consider it a request. See, I, yeah, because yeah, I, I, you got to talk to Eric July and then you can, see, I'm down with this. This would be right. badass. I want to do Free Nod, Eric July, Fatty Garcia, and Jeff Berwick. And then if Immortal Technique could come on the track, that'd be crazy. And we could try to get him to be an ANCAP instead of an ANSOC. But, you know, and <laughs> that would be cool. There no talks yet. <laughs> so I, don't, I see now why you let me go first because now I'm stuck with this one, you little prick. Okay, um, Rob, Rob Stratton. Uh, but first of all, I'm very bad at accents and I'm, I'm, and reading other languages, so I'm embarrassed already. Um, I'm not a racist. <laughs> I didn't guys. do this on purpose. Uh, I was Stratton actually trying says, to be nice. Dit me Kong Sang. Is that a word? Is that a Dit me Kong Sang? It says it's it's set. Dit. Me, I'm gonna say it as phonetically American as I can. Dit, D I T M E, Kong, C or Kong, C O N G, Sang, S A N G. Dit me Kong Sang. It sounds Vietnamese ish. And then I put C, it says C original Vietnamese on Facebook. I click that and then it says Dit me Kong 2. So that still doesn't say anything in American for me to. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rob. Let's skip it. Sorry, Rob. Love you. It's Rod. It just always says fuck communism. <laughs> oh, I looked it up on duckduckgo.com. Okay, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's great. Okay, I'm glad he did it. So, John Odermatt. Yeah, I agree. Fuck communism. There you go. There you go. I had no idea either. Sorry, I'm not cool, Rob. Thanks. Uh, John. O- I'm not cool. <laughs> None of us are cool, Rob. Thanks. I know a little bit. <laughs> John Odermatt from the Lines of Liberty, and he does a show called Felony Fridays. Uh, he wants to know, how did you blow up so fast? She came out of nowhere. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I don't know what out of nowhere was for him. If I've been around for like around. two years now. Yeah, it's a, it's been a slow growth actually for me, you know, with some viral videos here and there. But on Facebook, which is the most subscribers I have is at 85,000. So nice. not yet over the 100,000 mark. Um, Good for but you. Yeah, how? Just, uh, I guess just being on podcast, having specific videos that were timely with current events that people were really interested in. So they're just going to watch. Cool. Cool. All right, Ray. Go ahead. <laughs> Daryl W. Perry asks, find any of my previous questions. I'm traveling with them <laughs> to the internet. Okay. He's going to ask, what's on the dark side of the moon? <laughs> 
Uh, okay. Um, I don't know. Pink Floyd. Oh, is that a Pink Floyd reference? Yeah. yeah. Again, you're young. Okay. Uh, not your fault. I, I love it. Okay, Johnny. All right. Ask me about rap. Okay, so Michael Bolden, not Michael Bolton, but Michael, Michael Bolden asks, why do you kick so much? What's that? Yeah. <gasps> oh, okay, go on. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's a friend of ours. He's yeah. a friend of ours. Why do I kick yeah. so much ass? Why do you kick so much ass? Why? Why? I mean, I don't believe in that. Because she's a boss ass bitch. She's a boss See, ass you know, bitch. I'm gonna that's t- why. I'm going <laughs> See, that's that's fucked up because just because you're Asian doesn't mean you know karate or taekwondo. That's fucking Michael Bolden. You're racist for thinking so much. Like she doesn't know that. I only know Krav Maga. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? We love you. We love you, Michael Bolden. Mark Claire, another amazing. He is he is a a lion of liberty. If you know who he is, he asks top five reasons ramen is better than pho. But don't worry, girl. I gift him a get out gift, okay? So, but you can go ahead and tell us what you want to say. Oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> See? Okay. Try to tell you. Maybe if like you're craving it over, it's subjective and it's like, you know, depends on the time. Okay. So, uh, Jason Reichert, uh, my brother, JJ Boogie from Arrested Development, asks for real though, she just finished up posting every day for a year a different story of defensive gun use, which was awesome. Does she have any plans for 365 days of posting something else that exposes a side of society or politics that most people don't seem to get from cable news or their social media feeds? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't have plans. I was going to continue sharing DGU stories, Uh but nothing particular about 365. But that gave me the idea, like, what if you did 365 days of, like, kids experiences in public school but it's like actually throughout the year and it can be from anywhere youtube because there are lots of kids who just talk about school Mm -hmm. if you go on youtube and just look up i hate school you'll see a lot of middle schoolers just being like (laughs) i hate school i don't want to go to school i hate school like you just (laughs) fucking stupid (laughs) bullshit yeah that's a good idea um haven't thought about it but i'm gonna keep that in mind and he's from arrested development you know who they are right uh, is that a TV show? No, no, it is, but it, it, there is also a TV show, but it's in a it's a hip hop group from back in the nineties. They were big as hell. Oh, Mr. Wow. Wendell was a really yeah. popular oh name song. in Tennessee. Okay, that sounds really familiar. I wasn't like super into them, but see, I I, I you, you should lie right now and be like, "There's some really Dude, good ones on there." I fucking I love that band. I, I fucking love that band. <laughs> they were the cats. Meow, got it. Bam. All right, Raylene. It's really all about, it's really empowering hip hop. Yeah, and very I, I think that they were empowered. buried on purpose, personally. They're really good. Um, okay. My question that I didn't get to ask earlier that I wanted to. So, from Raylene Lightheart, <laughs> many voluntarists and libertarians focus heavily on the political side of our philosophy. But having confidence in a voluntarist society is focusing on the learning and discovery in the marketplace of values. It's necessary for us to start creating the world we want to see come to fruition, promoting the changes in culture we need to see for a peaceful world. Do you think there's a disconnect here in our political movement with regard to sharing new ideas surrounding emotional understanding versus legality and facts, empirical evidence? Wow. Um, yeah. I think there... I'm going to grab a pillow. Can, uh, I'm going to grab a pillow. I'll be back. Well, that's a, this is important because like everybody goes, oh, feelings. We're not talking about legislating feelings. We're talking about understanding them so we can navigate in this world. That's all, right? Girl? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking about emotional intelligence, right? 
Yeah. Um, I I think that I would combine that with. Well, like your your nonviolent communication, for example, how was that useful in a voluntarist discussion in our ideology? Oh, for uh, building bridges, uh, making mm-hmm. connections with other human beings who, for the most part, unless they're just fucking crazy, um, <laughs> just want to have peace and prosperity as well. But they may be not applying principles consistently. So, you know, having compassion for somebody like that is going to maximize your chances of convincing them to be more principled. Um, and to be more nonviolent and consistent. So I think it's important. And that even with statists, you know, most statists as well aren't like these evil sociopaths or anything like that. A lot of them are just reactive and broken. Mm-hmm. And the more compassion you can have, like the more likely you can change somebody um, and, and the more likely they'll even listen to you. Because if you're just calling them names, they're not going to listen to you. They're just going to go into their bubble of like, okay, and see, this is why I don't like libertarians. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So we, we definitely got to live it. And I think there is a disconnect with some people. Um, but I like movements like the conscious resistance, uh, what Carrie Wedler's doing, Sterling Lujan, Daniel uh, Danilo Queller. They're really focused on the, the complete, like, I don't want to call it the Trinity. There's probably more aspects but they're focused on self-knowledge, peaceful parenting, being compassionate, being more conscious and aware. Like they're really focused on that. And I think I'm seeing that movement grow more. Yeah, just our, in our own reactive arguments. And like when you're saying that when you challenge people and what they've always done, even when it comes to public school, well, I went to public school and I'm fine. But those same people don't feel like even empowered to teach their own kids. So you went through the whole system and you don't feel like you're capable of teaching your kids, then this system isn't working and you're defending it from a place of reaction. And that's an ego thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I think the disconnect, again, is just from people who lack self-knowledge, the ones who are really focused on the political aspect. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them crave power and they don't even understand it or even conscious about it, but they have a desire for control and power, Mm -hmm. even if they're libertarian minded, if they're so focused on politics. And I've met a lot of libertarians. They have good intentions. They mm-hmm. they say they're anarchists by principle, but in, in, in action, they're saying they make exceptions. And so, you know, they're willing to like go up to like DC or something and like lobby or whatever and be in that sort of mode of like uh, manipulation and building relations with people who don't share your values um, and maybe compromising on them or limiting what you say and not being completely pure with your message because you just want to, you know, appeal to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you on this. Yeah. I think if, you know, I get it. I'm okay with that some extent. Like defensive voting or something like that. Yeah. If, if you're really like, okay, I'm going to promote this candidate or I'm going to run as a libertarian candidate. I, I love it. I think that's great. I'm just saying like, don't compromise your principles. That's, that's right. Thank you. I agree. Yeah, if you're running for a political campaign, I mean, the best thing you can do is to not compromise. The best thing you can do, just like Ron Paul, is to unabashedly say the principles over and over again, no matter who you're talking to. I am so excited that you said this. And I'm not making fun of Raylene because she's excited about things. I'm just saying, it's fucking awesome that you're saying this. No, because it needs to be said. I I think the libertarian movement would get more respect if we didn't bend our principles, we didn't virtue signal to the fucking left, and we we just kept pure to what we believed. We believe in a voluntary society. We believe people want to behave the way they want to behave. If you don't like it, you can leave. You should be able to buy whatever you want, 
Nobody should force you, and you should be able to sell to whomever you want. You shouldn't be forced to sell to anyone you want. Very yeah, simple. Real simple. And it's a great ideology, and I think it's peaceful, and it's 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 all based on consent. What you were saying. Yes, I want us to be radical, yes. but radical principles. Exactly, exactly. Commies and socialists have been very pervasive, but a big part of it is because they don't compromise on what they say their principles are. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no hierarchies whatsoever. No, that's evil. Corporatism, that's evil. Rent is sex. That's you bullshit. Know, whatever. No, fuck whatever them, yeah. They stick to it, though. They would be like, you know, no, fuck you. You want to, like, have a little bit of rent? Too bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we got to be just as Stern. Uh, clear about our principles as well and uncompromising. I'm with you. And call things out for what things are and not just paper over it just because you want to be politically correct or have this idea in your mind that people, more people will accept you if you're more like PC or more status sounding or more nationalistic sounding. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. There's no need yep. to be like, okay, I worship our troops. Mm-hmm. Don't say ours. Stop being collectivist. Just be clear and say, okay, I want there to be defense, but I don't want it to be funded by force. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. Be clear. And you can have both sides. You can be compassionate to status, but you don't have to compromise either. Good words. Good words. And philosopher, thank you so much for being here on the after party. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was really fun. I'm glad you had a good time. And Raylene, good questions. Thank you for helping me with this one. Because you're like, oh, what? I think you did great. Yeah, you're the homeschooling person or expert. So this is your realm. This is your realm. But I went in there. You guys are yin and yang. Yeah, That's yeah. True. But I did we pretty are. good for a white guy, right? I mean, like I was compassionate, sort of. I sounded compassionate. Like I gave you a shit. You can't do good for a white guy, Johnny. Haven't you realized? What's that? <laughs> you can't do good for a white guy. Straight it's just, white man. You have all so much of the. Privilege. You better step down. <laughs> something intersectionalism? Uh. Yeah, I know. I have all this privilege. All the privilege. But you need to hide your microaggressions. <laughs> your micro I'm, I'm very <laughs> aggressive. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> passive aggressive. Anyways, ladies. No, I'm fine. I love it. Okay, good. Great good. Show. Anyways, though, thank you so much. I really appreciated you being here, philosopher. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And do you have anything else do you want to say before you go? Um, no, uh, just... Anyone listening, y'all are awesome. Just uh, love on yourself first and foremost. Take care of yourself. And, um, you know, just try to live your best life. And look at the song, uh, Living My Best Life. I think it's My Best Life by Lil Duval featuring Snoop Dogg. And then just the chorus. You know, there's verses that I don't really agree with. But the chorus is really cool. Listen to that. And uh, get inspired to do creative stuff for liberty and uh, or be a peaceful parent. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Anyways, that was Johnny Rocket with Raylene Lightheart here and the After Party. And we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for subscribing. Hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, we love you guys, too. So rock and roll. We'll see you next week. Bam. Woo.